Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapini Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. You know, last week, I made a few predictions. Had the Auburn-LSU game, the Arkansas-Georgia game, and of course, the Alabama Ole Miss game. You know, uh, <laughs> man, Arkansas should be embarrassed of what they let the Bulldogs do to them. I mean, for Stetson Bennett to go 7 of 11 for 72 yards, but still get shut out 37 to nothing. Like, you knew what Georgia was going to do. They were going to run the ball first, second, and third down with McIntosh, Milton, Cook, and White. Like, there was no secret to what they wanted to do, right? Like, I really thought, you know, once JT Daniels was announced that he wasn't going to play and it was Tetson Bennett, I was like, oh, that plays even more into the Razorbacks' hands because we know that this offense that Georgia has is not a pass-oriented offense. Now, I know Pickens is out. Kyrus Jackson just came back. Darnell Washington played a little bit. I mean, there's getting some of their premier playmakers on the outside, getting them back healthy. But still, at the end of the day, Georgia wants to run the ball and play great defense, which I knew they had a top-five defense. They've solidified themselves as a top-five team. Now, I, I went on a limb, picked them to – to pick Arkansas to beat them, you know, uh, as quick as I got on that Arkansas bandwagon, I'm, I'm hopping right back off. Like, Sam Pittman should be embarrassed. Arkansas, that whole team, that whole school should be embarrassed. Like, this is a top 10 matchup. Yes, it's on the road. It's your first road, true road matchup. But that was that was embarrassing. Like, that should be – that's one of those games that should count as two losses. That's really how I feel about Arkansas. Now, that doesn't change my love for their defense. I love Catalan and Bumper Pool and Hayden Henry, Grant Morgan, as I've mentioned in last week's episode. But this game was – it was sickening. You know, to wake up thinking that, oh, man, at the gate, 11 o'clock a.m., you got a top-10 matchup. This is going to be a great day. And at first, the first two drives, you knew, like, Arkansas, they're not ready. They're not for real. They will have a solid season in the SEC because their defense will keep them in every game, but they're nowhere near ready contending for uh, an SEC title, not even an SEC West title. Like, they're not even going to compete for that in the next year or so. So they have drastically improved. We we can say that, but to put them on that top 10 level, like they may be a top 25 team, but no more top 10, top 15 conversation for them moving forward. Now, this week, the Razorbacks will take on number 17 Ole Miss in Oxford. This is another team who, you know, last Saturday was supposed to be this awesome weekend of nonstop amazing football matchups from start to finish. That's what we preview here in the sweet spot. We came out with Arkansas, Georgia, then it was Ole Miss, Bama at 230. And that was more of the same. Like, it was another dud, just like Arkansas Georgia was. And I'm not saying based on who I picked. It's it's based on the matchup, the anticipation, the excitement that people are expecting. And, like I said, Arkansas came out flat and stayed flat, didn't score a single point. Ole Miss didn't score until garbage points, really. And Lane Kiffin, dude, I understand you hype your team up, but when you – Dude, just coach. Just play the game. Just, especially when you're going to get to your former coach, Nick Saban, who will embarrass you every chance you get. Don't act a fool in pregame interviews. And, you know, if you haven't heard what he did, which I know 
I don't know how you haven't heard it. You must have been under a rock over the last week if you hadn't heard this soundbite that I'm about to play about Lane Kiffin in his interview with Jamie Erdahl. But take a listen to what he had to say leading up to their matchup against number one Alabama. As to what bothers a Nick Saban coach team, what's on the backside of that piece of paper to tell you about today? Well, let's hope we, were, we didn't run out of pages. So here we go. Get your popcorn ready. Well, what's the big thing? <laughs> Whoa. Like, you can hear my guy, Brad Nestor, say, whoa, like, I didn't expect him to do that. You know, it's, it's one thing to have a short, quick answer, let me get to the game, but to throw the headset, like, that's just pure disrespect. And I know you get caught up in the emotion, the adrenaline of the game, but, you know, reporters have jobs too, right? Like, you can be stern and, and, and firm in your answer or quick in your approach in the interview process without actually being a jerk and that was really just a jerk move by Lane Kiffin now this Lane Kiffin Ole Miss Rebel team they're looking for a bounce back game just like Arkansas is this game kicks off at 11 o'clock again on ESPN so Arkansas has back-to-back weeks where they are coming out the gate they wake up and it's like hey you playing big time football you better be ready to go this time because we know last week they were nowhere near ready uh against any I mean Georgia just (sighs) moving on I get frustrated just thinking about that game Anyways, moving on to Arkansas Ole Miss. Ole Miss comes in as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And, you know, last week I introduced my segment of bittersweet, just right, or too sweet. Bittersweet is when the, the prediction or the, the, the spread is not enough. I feel like that they're not being – there's not enough respect on that – spread line uh just right means like okay i think that's about right that that's that's what i would expect going into this game and then too sweet would be okay that's that prediction is is too much like last week when i did the show georgia was like 18 and a half point favorites over arkansas something like that and i was like that's too sweet arkansas will cover that easily and even you know when people they did the fan vote on espn that was the first time all season that the fan vote went with the uh with the spread, you know, they, they, they took the underdog with the plus 18.5 and I would have done the same thing. Like I, that's what I expected myself in Arkansas got drilled twice that, but Ole Miss comes in at five and a half. And I think that's just right. I think that's about right. That's what you would expect in this matchup. Arkansas has a great defense, which uh, they have great defensive schemes. I should say that a very good talent on that side of the ball. Ole Miss has a much better offense with Matt Corral. We know he's up for the Heisman. He had a dud last week, so that doesn't help his candidacy much. But I still think that this game being at 11 o'clock, another road game until Arkansas proves that they're ready to take a W on the road early in the morning. I must keep rolling with the home team. I'm going to Ole Miss to win this game 34-30. I believe it'll be a close matchup the entire game like no I don't regardless of who wins I don't think it'll be a landslide either way I really do believe that this uh this matchup is going to be something that's comes down to the end like last possession Ole Miss takes the lead or last possession Arkansas has a chance to win the game but I'm going Ole Miss to win 34-30 now at 2:30 on CBS the deep south's oldest rivalry number 2 Georgia at number 18 Auburn the Bulldogs, like I've alluded to in this episode, like 
I knew their defense was top five, if not the best hands down. We saw that in the first game against Clemson. Regardless of what Clemson's offense turned out to be, we knew in that game that Georgia's defense was legit. They had like seven sacks in that game. I mean, Georgia's defense is a national championship type defense. But in this day of ball, you have to be able to score touchdowns. And we don't know for sure if Georgia is that type of team offensively. I believe they had the running attack. JT Daniels is is good enough to win a national championship with if he can stay healthy. He's been hurt. He was hurt at USC. He was hurt last year at Georgia before he started the last five games. And now he's hurt again. Like He just missed the Arkansas game. And now they're saying he's doubtful for this matchup against Auburn. So number two, Georgia. Going into Auburn at 2.30, the Tigers are coming in off a highly emotional emotional roller coaster the last two weeks. I mean, you go from being down to Georgia State 24-12, to coming back and win that game, and then you go into Baton Rouge and go down 13-0 early, and it's like, oh, man, come on. What, what's going on with this Auburn team? Like, we knew the defense was capable enough to keep them in the game, but if the offense can't do anything, it doesn't matter. So... That 8 o'clock game last night, we said the first two were duds, which they were. But that 8 o'clock Auburn-LSU matchup ended up being a really good rivalry game, as it usually is. And so, you know, Bo Nix, for him to get benched in that Georgia State game, he comes out against LSU and had one of the better games of his Auburn career. And it was, you know, not forcing things, not doing anything, um, just kind of boneheaded type mistakes. We saw some miraculous plays from Bo Nix that is something we're not foreign to seeing from Bo Nix. It's just those routine plays that he doesn't make sometimes that frustrate Auburn fans. And it's like, okay, you've been playing ball this long, but you can't make a simple, you know, the guy's wide open. Just make the pass. Just hit him. Like, there's no reason to overthrow him or throw it at his feet in that situation. But then he comes back and does some of the most amazing plays that – an Auburn fan base has seen, especially at their quarterback position. But um, he had one of the better games in his Auburn career against LSU, ending that 22-year-old drought of not beating LSU in Baton Rouge. Brian Harson comes through with a huge victory. We know the top three rivals for Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Georgia. He's 1-0 to start his career as the Auburn Tigers head coach against the top three. He has another opportunity to do it again against Georgia. Now, this is a much taller task against this Bulldogs team. You do have it at home, so that helps. But we know that this year's LSU team holds no candle to number two Georgia and what the Bulldogs have this year. Now, my take for this game We know Georgia wants to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. But this Auburn defense is really stout against a run, especially having McLean in the middle of that defense. We don't know if Owen Papo is going to return this weekend. If he does, that's a huge boost for this Tigers defense. But whether he plays or not, Auburn's defense will keep them in every single game this year. It's going to be contingent upon the offense. Uh, Those who, who have... Had conversations with me. No, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Bobo. I think it's a reason that we haven't heard any of his former schools or fan bases say, man, I wish we still had Mike Bobo as our coordinator. Like, when I saw 
And I'll tell you where it started. It was in that Penn State game, coming out of halftime, running that reverse pass. It's 100,000 fans, dude. Like, that that right there showed me that, okay, there's going to be issues with this offense with Mike Bobo calling the plays because that type of play when you're on your own 25 in a hostile environment and you want to throw a reverse pass, like, that's something that my – seven-year-old cousin Jace would do like if he's playing Madden like that's something that you know you're looking at Madden or college football you're playing PlayStation or Xbox or whatever it is and you're like oh a reverse pass or half a pass that sounds cool let me do that but this guy has been a coordinator for years and been an uh, assistant coach for decades and you come out with that mess so I've always had had that was my biggest question for Brian Harson's staff was that one hire that I wasn't sure about. It was Mike Bobo, and then he's proven that thus far. I think uh, Coach Harson has kind of alluded to that in the Georgia State post game press conference. I'll show that clip here in a little bit, but yeah, that's what concerns me going into this game. It's not Auburn's defense, but it's more so Auburn's offense. And Mike Bobo calling the plays draws a lot of criticism. And deservedly so, this is what Coach Harson had to say regarding the Auburn offense after the victory over the Georgia State Panthers. I think Georgia State came out here, played very hard, had a great game plan, uh, outplayed us in a lot of ways. Our defense stepped up, offense there was no non-existent uh, through four quarters, and they did a great job coaching. So we, we got to learn from this. There's just so much in this game that we've got to go and make sure that we we just get ourselves better prepared because you see what happens when you don't and i am proud of our guys and we'll always take a win uh, but i also think georgia state did a hell of a job today and i know there may be some wondering like why is he playing a soundbite from two weeks ago like we're going into georgia what what does this matter about what he said about that game it wasn't about the game it was about the offense and he specifically said that it was non-existent in that Georgia game for four quarters and then he praised Georgia State's coaches like sometimes you got to read between the lines like I believe Mike Bobo will definitely not see more than two seasons on the planes he could be done at the end of this year you know uh, a coach like Brian Harson has made a lot of connections and and has worked with a lot of assistants. He may already have his guy uh, that he wants to call plays. Maybe it's him. He's an offensive guy, you know. With a lot of a lot of head coaches that are offensive minded, they like to call them plays themselves, which makes sense. That's how they made. That's how they got the head coaching job. My guy Corey Hohenwall had a conversation with him earlier in the week, and he said that's how they got the job was calling plays and. And obviously having success on the offensive side of the ball. So Mike Bobo is my concern. I mean, we saw it in the game against Georgia State. I think we saw more of it against LSU. I know Auburn came out with a win, but Bo Nix threw the ball 44 times. Like, there's no way Bo Nix should throw the ball 44 times. I don't like my guy, my favorite player in the world, Russell Wilson, throwing the ball 44 times. Why do I want Bo Nix throwing it 44 times, you know? So... I'm saying here, Bo Nix should have around 20, 25, maybe 30. But the bigger concern of that is against LSU that there was no willingness to at least want to run the ball with Hunter, with Bigsby, with Shivers. You have three awesome running backs. We're going to shove it down the throat. So if you're hesitant against LSU, I know for sure that 
Mike Bobo is going to be afraid and dreadful in attempting to run the ball against Georgia. So, and I know Auburn had struggles against Georgia last year in the running game, and Georgia's defense is, like I said, top five hands down. But there still has to be a willingness to want to run the ball just for tendencies, just so uh, they still have to respect it. They still have to expect it, too. That hey, first down they run it, hey, second down they run it. And that's when you can pull out play action and you can take shots. But you can't expect Bo Nix to throw the ball 44 times and expect to beat this Georgia defense. Because if you have Bo throw the ball 35-plus times, there's gonna usually going to be a pick or two in there. And I know he had awesome plays in the LSU game, a couple of those plays that could have easily ended in the interceptions or horrendous turnovers. They didn't turn out that way this game, but going into Georgia, you can't expect to pull off those kind of Houdini acts against that top-level defense. So although I feel like that Georgia prediction 15.5 favorite over Auburn, I feel that's too sweet. I do feel that's too sweet and that people aren't taking into consideration that this is going to be a crazy atmosphere Saturday at 2.30 on CBS in this Deep South's oldest rivalry. I'm going to take Auburn in the points in this one. I have Georgia winning, though, 27-17. to 17. Auburn will cover. Uh, I believe it's going to be a late score by Georgia to make it two possessions, and it'll be too little too late for the Tigers to come out a win in this year's matchup. As we head to break to hear a few words from our local sponsors, stay tuned as I talk about Alabama and Texas A&M in our next segment and how much of a chance that I give this year's Texas A&M Aggies, Jimbo Fisher, is this the year that he will get Nick Saban. Pinch of Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. 
Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. As we continue this episode, you heard me talk about Arkansas Ole Miss. I predict Ole Miss to win 34-30. Number two, Georgia takes on number 18, Auburn, in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. And I'm going with the Bulldogs to win 27-17. They scored 27 in last year's matchup, beating the Tigers 27-6. This year, the Tigers will add a few more points, but it still won't be enough. Now for the nightcap, number one Alabama takes on Texas A&M in Kyle Field. That place is going to be electric, 7 o'clock on CBS. You know, every year CBS has uh, one night where they do a doubleheader. It's an SEC game at the 2.30 slot as normal. And then they'll pick another game. And it's always Alabama. It's Alabama-Georgia, Alabama-Florida, Alabama-LSU. This year is Alabama and Texas A&M. Now, the Aggies have been off to a very rough start in their first five games. They th- started out 3-0, and which included a very close victory over Colorado 10-7 when Haynes King went down, Zach Calzada taking over, and Calzada's been a QB since uh, King's injury. And, you know, the Aggies struggled the last two games. They lost to Mississippi State last week. They lost Arkansas the week before. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher is supposed to be the guy to resurrect this A&M program. Like, we haven't really seen that. I think this year people were expecting great things from this year's Texas A&M Aggies football team. And you look offensively, having guys like Anaya Smith and and Devin Anchain and and Isaiah Spiller, Jalen Widemeyer, that's the concern that – I think a lot of Aggie fans are having right now is there's so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, and he's an offensive head coach, but they're struggling offensively. Now, we know the defense is good enough to keep them in games, but it's the offense that has the question marks. When a lot of people thought there would be fireworks with this year's squad, all of the issues seem to be surrounding the offensive side of the ball. And with Haynes King being out, Calzada hasn't really taken a huge step to keep that spot once King comes back from his lower leg injury. It seems that this offense will continue to sputter until he gets back, and we still don't know what Kings can do in a full season because last couple years is Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond is now a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Calzada, the last two weeks against Arkansas and Mississippi State, has combined for 286 yards passing, 57% completion rate, only one touchdown and two interceptions. This A&M offense has only scored three touchdowns the last two weeks. That's, that's a recipe for disaster going against this year's number one Alabama team who comes in as an 18-point favorite. I'll talk about if that's too sweet, bittersweet, or just right here in a bit. But this Alabama offense, we already know Bryce Young, this dude is the real deal. 
Um, he is so composed. He never gets flustered. He ne- he's never rattled. It seems like there's no moment that's too big for him. Like he came to Alabama to play big time ball, and that's exactly what he's doing and and excelling in that opportunity as well. I think Bryce Young, at the end of the day, like this is the next great Alabama quarterback. We've seen Tua. We've seen Mac Jones. Jalen Hurts started there, transferred to Oklahoma, and is doing well in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles. Bryce Young is that next guy. He's that next guy. Now, offensively, receivers, they have so many weapons. Jamison Williams, Slay Bolden. Uh, you look at JoJo Earl. Uh, Billingsley is coming on. Latu, of course. And you look at the running back crew. They did take a, a big hit with Jace McClellan being out for the season with a knee injury. Um, so they'll need somebody to step up behind um, Brian Robinson moving forward. But Alabama offensively, they're juggernaut. If you don't score four touchdowns, you don't have a chance. And so defensively, we saw them shut down Ole Miss. That high-powered offense led by Matt Corral had no shot, and I didn't expect them to shut down that offense completely. I thought, you know, that it they would give some troubles to Alabama and Tuscaloosa, but they were really never a factor until late in the game when the, the garbage time and garbage points were put up. But, um, you know, this A&M offense has already struggled all year. I expect more of the same against Alabama this year. I don't think that A&M will come close to being any sort of a threat. And CBS, like these SEC games that come on at night are usually a dud. I mean, even last year, they hyped up Bama, Georgia, and it was a game for about a quarter or so, maybe a little bit going in the second half. But, uh, I mean, going in halftime. But Stetson Bennett was exposed in that CBS primetime matchup. I expect A&M. There, there's no exposure needed here. We know A&M's not good. We know that there is a very good chance they could finish 500 or even with a losing record this year. Like, this team offensively is no good. Like I said, defense does well enough to keep them in games, but... In this day and age, you have to score points. This isn't 1988 where you can just run down people's throats and play defense and win 10 to 7. Like you better score points. You better score touchdowns. Field goals aren't going to get it done. So Seth Small, the kicker for the Aggies, will be irrelevant in this game because field goals won't do nothing for you. You need touchdowns. And so I have Bryce Young having four of those touchdowns. Four passing, at least four. I wouldn't be surprised that dude had six in this game. But I'm giving him four and probably a couple touchdowns from Robinson. And then they'll add on a few field goals as well. I'm having A&M to lose this game 48-16. to So that 18-point favorite that Alabama is, that's bittersweet. That's bittersweet. They're going to cover the spread. They're going to cover that prediction easily. 48-16, Alabama rolls on and keeps that number one spot on lock for another week. And not really sure who could be that team to knock them off that perch anytime this year. But anything is possible. We know that much. So as we close, my expectations are much lower than they were last week when... You know, we thought we were going to have a great day of college football. It ended up being a good day. 
And I think it's more so the way that it ended with the Auburn LSU game. Uh, of course, Oregon going down, losing to Stanford. Uh, but, you know, I look at this week, and there's some solid matchups as we've talked about in this episode. Not as highly profile as it was a week ago. So my expectations are much lower just because they were dashed last week. But I still expect it to be a good week because this college football. We never know what happens from week to week, regardless of rankings, regardless of streaks, and, and none of that matters. So that's the beauty of every Saturday, getting a chance to see what surprise college football has for us in store this weekend. And to recap, I have Arkansas going down, losing to Ole Miss 34-30. Georgia comes out with a win over the Tigers 27-17. And Alabama keeps it rolling, keeps it going. The best team of the nation. Number one Alabama beats AM in Kyle Field 48-16. For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.